Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 14 of the Swatch of Horrors podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This is a show about beauty horror stories told by beauty professionals. Me and my guests talk about some of these horrors and we also offer advice to the artist and we also give advice to the client so that everyone just has a better beauty interaction. Do me a favor. If you like this podcast, take a screenshot and post the screenshot to your Instagram story and tag Swatch of Horrors and I will repost it and also it just gives the podcast some visibility. I would really appreciate it. it helps everything just grow. It motivates me and I really just love hearing from you guys. So send me a DM too if you're a beauty professional and you have some horror stories that you want to tell me. I would love to read them on the show. So hit me up at Swatch of Horrors. I'm your host, Memes. I'm a former makeup artist. Bienvenidos. A little bit of Vietnamese and Spanish that I do know. So gotta practice, gotta, you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. Uh, I just want to also tell you that I deci- I've decided that I need to go bi-weekly with this podcast. It will just help. Uh, allow me to focus on pushing out quality content instead of rushing and scrambling and uh, stressing over it. Um, Another reason is if you've tuned in before, then you already know, but I've been, I've been, I was recently, how do you even say this? Oh my gosh. I'm not even going to edit this as I'm so tired and it's late, but um, just got engaged recently and there's a ton of planning. I've never planned a wedding before, thankfully, I guess. Um, yeah, because, yeah. Um, so I've never planned a wedding before, um, and this is all new to me. So tons of things that go into this, and obviously not going to have it anytime soon because that will be irresponsible and reckless. Not trying to do that. So I'm just hoping that next year is a better year for everyone, especially with the pandemic. And um, I'm devoting a lot of time into planning and planning ahead and just being at peace with the idea that even if we plan like a year out or so, there's a possibility that things could get pushed out even farther. And you know what? We'll cross that bridge when we get there. So yeah, I'm going to go bi-weekly with this podcast, so no episode next week, but I will post one the week after. So thank you for your patience and thanks for tuning in. I appreciate every single one of you, so thanks. Also, I know some people get really tired of hearing about it because this is our current situation for the last, like, I don't know how many months, um, but... I feel like I just need to say it, and I know I talk about uh, COVID-19 a lot, but in the United States, like, shit is hitting the fan, like, for a lack of better words. Um, And I know you know that, so I just want to encourage everyone, please continue to make the right choices. Please be safe and smart. Really think about the possible consequences 
Uh, you're not invisible. I'm invisible, invincible, and I'm not invincible. Um, just because you've maybe some of you have been uh, going out a lot, seeing a lot of people, just because you haven't been getting sick, doesn't mean you won't, or doesn't mean you're not potentially spreading it to other people. Like now is the time, even more so, we need to really, really do our part because things are getting really bad right now and I just want you guys to just all have some faith I know it's it's really tiring but you know be strong we we can do this and uh, just just think about the consequences that could happen like like I know Thanksgiving's coming up and you know it's it's, you know, we want to be with our family, but we also just really got to remember that, you know, what's possible if we keep, if, if, not if we keep, but if you, if you do decide to see people, like, it's just potentially can be really bad and we, we don't want to contribute to these skyrocketing numbers. We really don't. So please be strong, make the right decisions. I know it's hard to be away from people, but we got to do it now more than ever. And some people may give you a hard time. Like you just have to be comfortable with that. You have to be comfortable and really just not give a fuck about people putting you down for taking precautions like fuck that okay like sorry I don't want to um kill my family potentially like okay sorry but you know just just hold your ground um don't let people bother you with whatever negative things that they have to say about you taking precautions that's my little soapbox so um please 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 be careful and um, this week's guest, um, this was recorded a few weeks ago uh, via Zoom because I don't see any of my guests in person for recording. So my guest, she's going to talk about her makeup experience. Uh, it, uh, she started off in Las Vegas, Nevada, so you know it gets pretty wild there. Really interesting story. We get really raw about talking about mental health and the struggles that you can possibly go through, especially how it impacts somebody who is a makeup artist and working in the beauty industry. Also, we touch on talking to your child about beauty, especially if you have a daughter, and just overall tips on mental health as usual. So stay tuned. Thank you again for your support. I really appreciate you guys. So Swatch of Horrors. So today I have with me a guest who has had a very interesting path with makeup artistry. She started at a very young age being very interested in makeup and she got her start in a, what do you want to call it? Like, um, I can just be blunt about it. It was a strip club. <laughs> Okay. Uh, at a strip club in Vegas, and that's where she got her start in makeup. So my guest today is Alexa from Southern California. 
So thank you so much for being on here. Uh, We have actually crossed paths at one point in our makeup careers. Yes, yes. So yeah, thanks for being here today. No problem, girl. Um, tell me how you got started with makeup, because it's it's a really cool story. It's a cool path, and um, I think it sounds pretty adventurous. Well, I first started doing makeup on myself, of course, back in the day. Um, we call them like the scene days, you know. MySpace scene days, <laughs> like MySpace, like <laughs> angles with like the crazy eyeliner and crazy oh colors gosh. and all that fun stuff. Um, yeah, I was like 15, 16 during that stage of my life. Um, but I didn't start doing other people's makeup. Like I did not touch anyone else's face until I was like 21 working in the strip club because mm-hmm. these girls were like, I I felt like they, they well, hold on. They came up to me and they're like, hey, can, can you do this? Can you fix this or whatever I'm on my face? And I was like, um, okay, like, sure I guess and like mind you I only had like my little black caboodle with like random like eyeshadow and and, like two brushes you know and I was in no way prepared but I was like yeah sure and then that kind of started you know me doing makeup you know for them and it became more of like a regular thing kind of kind of like I would look way I would look forward to it more so than I would look forward to dancing at the time um but yeah like that that's basically how I started I was kind of just like thrown in to the wolves you know this new kid you know in Vegas you know with these grown women with horrible makeup I've never seen before (laughs) you know so (laughs) describe their like makeup style before they had you help them oh my gosh okay so there's like a there's like a plethora of different kinds. So there we have like like the Pamela Anderson look, you know, um, you know, very thin eyebrow, oh, no. brown eyeshadow, but like with like no shading, no blending. It was just atrocious, you know, with like with like those like clumpy spider eyelashes. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh! And then like I just it just looked really bad, and um, that I would you know, try to, at the best of my ability at the time, um, you know, adjust for them just so it looked like softer. Mm-hmm. But this was before the brow revolution. So I didn't know shit about brows. So I didn't even <laughs> really touch them. Um, but then you would also have like the, um, like the memes from Drew Carey, right? Where like, like blasted on thick green blue glitter like purple like in with like colored blush that was just atrocious you know like it was just you really I really came across a variety of people with makeup I guess to fit their personality at the time you know and um you know and obviously like I know they liked what I did the little bit that I did for them because they would like come back and like they started coming in early or trying to get me to come in early or stay later or whatever you know so so did you did oh sorry no go ahead uh so did you get paid extra by like the club to do their makeup or would the dancers actually pay you like out of their pocket they would pay me out of their pocket they would pay me out of their pocket and it actually got to the point where like like the house moms would kind of be like put off by me because like they would have like little <laughs> remember like those little like Maybelline eyeshadows with like 
um like the like the sponge, sponge in applicator. it remember yeah. those like she would have like random colors of like blue and like turquoise well, that's like, where crazy. they were getting it from gosh dude it was just like and like she was really put off i can tell like even you know being a baby in that industry at the time like i can tell she was put off because they were paying me like straight up money like straight up money and i was like i, I okay i can get with this that's for sure yeah. yeah, so I remember um, I worked with a few girls who actually did makeup in um, strip clubs before, but I've lost contact with them. But I heard it was it was kind of entertaining, but it was also um, sounds like there's a lot of possible drama. And what kind of like horror stories or negative things came out of being in that environment, um, especially because you kind of grew up in like a strict household, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was look looking back you know hindsight's always 2020 mm-hmm. so like looking back a lot of stuff went over my head you know <laughs> at the time you know um you know like girls with attitudes are getting upset because i couldn't you know take them or i couldn't do what they wanted at the time or whatever but also like being in that environment like you're privy to lots of drugs you know lots of alcohol like just a very how they see how they like show clubs and stuff now it was not like that like at all like back in the day it was like gritty you know it wasn't they like they tried to make it nice however there i actually did work at one club that was gorgeous Mm -hmm. you know both as a dancer and a makeup artist and like that was very i would say that was probably good experience um because of just how nice it was but there's definitely i've been in like around people fighting, throwing shoes, shot glasses. Um, and these like, are the dancers fighting with each other? Yes, yes. Straight up fights, you know, like like I said, like crazy hard drug use, you know, obviously intoxication all over the place, you know, and like it's hard, you know, to not be sucked into that, you know. And like I said, like hindsight's always twenty twenty, and like I'm just really thankful that I didn't really stick to, you know what I'm saying? Because that was a... Uh, it was ugly. Like it was ugly, very much so to, to see that. And yeah. And to be so green about it. Like I had no idea that the industry was like that until I got into it. And it was just, yeah, it was crazy. It, like a, it was crazy. Like a, culture sh- like a culture shock for. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Like I am still shook <laughs> from my time back then because it was, it was nuts. It was nuts, you know? And I think that's why I liked doing makeup. Um, because I was able to get into my own zone, you know, like it was, and you like know, separate yourself from yeah, what was going on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Was it easy to get sucked into kind of all the drama or the drug use or the substance abuse? And how did that affect you like mentally? Um, I, I would say mentally, it's, I didn't see the repercussions of it, like, like how impacted my mental health was until after, of course. But um, at the time, I never really got into like drama. I, I felt so small there, like because I was by myself in Las Vegas and felt so small that I just really didn't say much to, to get involved. But what it did open my eyes to was to see like how I guess people or like grown women can really be when it comes down to making money. Sad to say, but it, it really, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's just, it was just really shitty to, to see that and to be in that environment. And, and it becomes your reality after so long, you know? So it's, it's like, you always feel like you always have to put on a show where you always have to 
put everyone else before you. And I would say mm -hmm. that's something that definitely I still struggle with, like to this day, not, not as bad as, you know, back, back then, but it, yeah. Yeah. So tell me like how you ended up leaving and kind of continuing on your, your beauty career after that. Straight up, I had a mental breakdown and I had a family friend come and pick me up. Uh -huh. Um, and she did, she came, she picked me up, found me an awesome place to live with this family. They were like phenomenal. And they were seriously like a godsend because I really would have lost my shit in Las Vegas at like 21 years old, you know, if it wasn't yeah, for them. Really yeah. And, uh, I moved in, um, with that family, um, completely detoxed off everything. Um, but I was still like super lost. And the woman who I was living with, she was the hairstylist at a salon up the street. And like one day she was like, Hey, you know, I see like you're doing your makeup and it looks really good. Have you ever thought about doing that, you know, for people? And I was like, yeah, you know, I did some for some people or these girls in Vegas and da da da, whatever. Mm -hmm. And she was like, well, you can go to school for that. And I was like, what really? So I looked into it and I ended up landing at a Paul Mitchell school and, um, originally just for esthetician. But then I was like, no, I want to do the whole thing. I want to do like hair and makeup and everything. Not nails though. Like I cannot do nails to save my life. But um, they seem hard. They're so hard. And like back then, like you had to like build. I mean, it was so bad. It was so bad, you know. And so, anyways, so she really helped me. She actually took me to the school, got me the information. Um, That's nice I enrolled. Yeah, like I like enrolled in and everything, and I was like, wow you know, and, and this is also when I was 21. So I wasn't even in Vegas for a year. Oh, thank a God. A lot happened. A lot home. happened. Like so much happened, you know? So, um, yeah. So I just, I ended up going to school for, um, my cosmetology license. Nice. So going for cosmetology, when did you figure out like that you wanted to gravitate more towards the makeup side of things? And what did you do after, um, after you graduated? I wanted to do makeup like from the get go. That's why I did esthetician. Mm -hmm. And I was like, like skincare makeup, like that's like more my speed. But when I entered the program, I realized that like, I wanted just to have a little bit more like, like opportunity, like job opportunity, you know? So I was like, I might as well, since I'm here and I have to complete these hours anyways, I might as well just go for the whole, the whole night, right? Yeah. Just go ahead and just do like the Cosmo course, you know? And I did you know, and lots of stuff happened during that time too. You know, I got pregnant. It was, it was a time, but I knew, I knew, I knew I wanted to do makeup like from the get go. Like when, um, like, like the woman who was helping me out when I moved back from Vegas, when she brought it up to me, it was like the first realization that like, this can be like a real job. Like I can do this like for like a job, <laughs> you know? And like, yeah. and, and I, and at the time I was like just into it because I just loved doing makeup. I just loved it. I don't know what it was. It was just like a creative outlet for me. I'm sure it's like that for all of us, you know, that are makeup artists or whatever. So I really, mm -hmm. yeah, like that's, that's, I always knew I wanted to do makeup. I always knew that hair was always just a second option. <laughs> yeah. Just having something under your belt just as like a backup or like something in your toolkit. Exactly. 
Exactly. Um, so since you love doing makeup, did you have any other sort of like artistic ability, like drawing or something else that you've also have done in the past? Yeah, actually, I do a, like painting, you know, and as of recently, I've been really into like watercolor and just oh, like almost cool. like abstract watercolor, you know, if, I yeah. guess like that's how I would explain it. But I've always been that way, though. I've always been that way. And unfortunately, it wasn't really like embraced, you know, through you know, by my family and all of that, I was pushed more towards like athletics and all this shit I didn't really want to fucking do. Yeah. But, you know, but like I, I got to my breaking point in high school and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I stopped playing sports and I just, I really wish though, like, um, like the more artistic side of myself was pushed more growing up, you like know, more support uh, to kind of grow. That yeah, talent. yeah, absolutely. Like, and but you know what, like it kind of, it, it enabled that enabled me to just be a better mom to my daughter and just really like mm -hmm. see what she likes and you know grant like you know let her kind of figure it out herself yeah I like that I like you know some people they make excuses like oh this is how I was raised and then they pass it down and it becomes like a generational thing but I like how you're taking initiative and saying you know what I'm gonna be different with my daughter and yeah that's something I consciously consciously do because truth be told if everything was kosher and stuff growing up for me I wouldn't have went to Vegas to be a stripper you know what yeah. I'm saying so like I mean I it is just a little um it like gives me my past does give me just a little bit of a reference point to I guess how to not be and to also be at certain times so yeah you know take the good with the bad so after you finished beauty school you ended up working for a makeup company mm -hmm. uh, at a few different locations did you like working there and how was your experience there? I did. I did like it. Um, always at first. <laughs> I did. I liked it at first. It was great. Um, there was plenty of opportunity. Um, and with this specific company, it felt like there was a lot of creative freedom, which, which it was, which I really liked um, mm -hmm. because I happened to work for another um, cosmetic company and, and artistic freedom was very much so um, not, not there. I guess you can say yeah. we weren't allowed to be too creative with our looks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, but in the location where I met you, actually, that probably has to have been like my favorite location. Um, I met some awesome people, you know, and, and it sucks because I feel like I could have taken more from that opportunity if I was in a healthy place in my life. Um, like I shared with you before, I wasn't at all healthy, like mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. Mm -hmm. I was completely bankrupt, you know, and it, it was just, it was just a time for me where I, I know that if I was in a better place with myself, I could have got a lot more, um, and I could have helped a lot more people because what I've really noticed though, me working full-time at that location, nine out of 10 of the people who came through my chair mm -hmm. always felt like they needed these products or this look to feel any kind of self-worth or to feel in, to feel valid in any way. And I remember driving home and like feeling like very like sad by the fact that there's women 
girls i mean even sometimes like men like that felt like they needed to get this look for any kind of like self-validation or to like or to feel like they were worth it and like that was depressing <laughs> like that was really depressing you know because yeah, at the end of the day i was struggling with the same thing too it was just manifesting differently you know and it just it really it the, the industry and especially at that location um it really did open my eyes to see how how i guess sad a lot of people are at their core and they really just want to you know buy cover this product or and... yeah cover it up or buy this product or achieve this look you know but only to like like in our case the makeup artist only to get it home and to not be able to recreate the same look and then they're then they're even in a worse spot than they were before they even got their their the look done you know so yeah it was just like it was very eye-opening just to see like you know how closely people are when it comes to like our mental health and how we feel about ourselves and what we do to validate ourselves you know and it i know the industry is not going to go away <laughs> you know and yeah and and it is very different than how it was like five years ago like mm -hmm. everything is different the looks are different how we carry ourselves the verbiage that we use you know um how do you, you know, think it's how do you think it's different than it was before like what key things do you think I think for me, it's more all-inclusive now. I think that, I think now makeup artists and people in the beauty industry are at least trying to be more diverse in what they consider beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, I think and so I, too, yeah. Yeah, and, and I feel like you can be beautiful in your own way and still see someone else's beauty. And I feel like that's that's more prevalent now because back when I first started, like, oh no, like it was like, you know, you know, like, oh, it was that girl, you know, she has like that, like that resting bitch face. Oh my gosh. She thinks she's all that, you know? And she did like, we all did come on. If, if we keep it real, we all thought that we were, you know, this, you know, badass bitch or whatever, because we're working for this company or whatever, but we never really like stopped to really appreciate like beauty. It was more so just like, what shit can we put on our face and what awesome, like, look, could we, you know, like, come up with on our eye and like what, like yeah like what latest look can we make ourselves exactly, look like exactly exactly yeah. and, and for me it was more about the person like sales i could i always could have given a shit less about sales like mm -hmm. i really because it's like i i don't know i guess my heart was has always just been like dude like you really don't need this stuff because i like after the conversation we just had about like you know i don't know some girl's boyfriend broke up with her because of some stupid reason now she feels like she needs all this extra stuff but in reality she just needs to like really just check in with herself you know i just it's just yeah I, anyways, it was powerful yeah for sure like, I, I just i just feel like i appreciate the beauty industry now way more than i did back then i feel like um I, I just feel like it's it's in a better spot. I feel like it's coming from like the heart of a human now versus like five years ago where it was like coming from like a very capitalistic, like, you know, very cookie money cutter. driven. Yeah, yeah, cookie cutter, money driven, just not, it, it, it wasn't like the heart of a human. But, yeah. but now I feel the beauty industry is definitely taking on more of like the heart of a human, you know, with being um, very inclusive with all genders, all races, like all skin types, skin textures, mm -hmm. skin, you know, 
whatever, you know, and I feel like that's huge because that's something that was lacking mm-hmm. when I was growing up. And I really, truly feel like if if what was available to me, you know, back then, like it is now, I would have been a completely different person. That's an interesting like spin on it. I know, like, in my opinion, I think, too, like I can agree with you in in a way where I know that uh, some makeup brands are trying harder. There are a few that can do a lot better. But I, I kind of see what right. you mean where like it it is starting to be more inclusive. Like like my last episode, I talk, we talked about how Fenty is really doing a lot of that and showcasing yeah. diverse people. And I, I like how you mentioned that you wonder like how it would be if it if the industry was like this when you we were growing up, too. Mm-hmm. But I wonder, too, like because social media is so prevalent now, like the teenage girls or teenagers having Instagram in the palm of their hand and seeing all this like Facetune and it's tragic. I'm wondering if that it's is kind of like, yeah, I'm wondering if that now is like, like our version of magazines growing up, you know, now it's Oh like, yeah, like I'm for sure. If, like, wow. uh-huh. I totally agree with you. Yeah. It's like that, like, remember like going to like this, the store or whatever and like going down the aisle and seeing like the magazines and flipping through them real quick or whatever. Like that's how we got our like daily dose of whatever, whatever like beauty. And... Exactly. Yeah. But, but then, and then what came along after that was like MySpace. And then, mm-hmm. so, so then like the visuals just started coming like, you know, from our house. And I do agree with you with like how the kids today, like my daughter, she doesn't have Instagram, but she has TikTok and like, like, and YouTube and even on kids, YouTube, it's like, you know, makeup tutorials and stuff like that. And she'll <laughs> ask about it and, and all yeah. of that. But, um, it's, it's not, at least for me and in our house, it's not, um, something that like, you know, she really wants to do, but I know there are some girls out there that, yeah, absolutely. Are, yeah. They, they use Instagram and social for their, their magazines. Yeah. And they get to keep up with the trends and all of that. Yeah. I wonder, um, I want to ask you, like, what do you do to kind of help reinforce or like to empower your daughter about kind of if she were your client? Like, I know you were mentioned you wanted them to feel better about themselves. Like, what do you Mm -hmm. do for your daughter? Like, what kind of talks do you guys have about like her inner beauty and embracing herself? Um, I always, I, my daughter to me, of course, like, is like the most beautiful girl <laughs> ever, you know, but obviously yeah, like, it's my daughter. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. But you know, as she is getting older now and, and all of, and all of that, like she does see the importance of, you know, keeping yourself together, but she, it has never been like the kind of like, well, I'm going to wear makeup. She never, she's never felt like she's needed it. And I feel like it's because, you know, both myself, you know, and, and her dad, you know, I've always told her like, like she's beautiful, like the way she is, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, and that's something that in my opinion, I feel is so important to hear as a little girl, especially from your dad. Um, oh, you know, so like, and when she sees him or whatever, I know that he reiterates that, you know, like you're beautiful and you're smart and you're a nice person. You have so much to offer and all of that. And, um, and, and that's exactly what I do too, you know, and she's not one to ever, um, not be confident in herself. But I can tell when she kind of is feeling a certain type of way. And I just always just reiterate that like she's, you know, like she's she's the only one. Like there's no one more more truer than true than she is, you know, like no one's gonna be a better 
her, you know? So I'm, uh, and that's something that like, just going back to what I said earlier, uh, when I was speaking with you, like, I really just tell her stuff that I would tell like my younger self, what I wish that my parents told me, you know, cause then it, I wouldn't have perhaps had my the struggles or maybe like the depth of the struggles that I have had, mm-hmm. but I do positive reinforcement, even if it's, you know, even if it is a, not a, such a good situation, <laughs> you know, but I mean, for her and her age, she'll, she'll be 11 in January. So I feel like you know, and she also knows she can come and talk to me about anything and she'll never get in trouble. She can talk to me about literally anything and she'll never be in trouble. Just, I always tell, I always tell her, just do, just do the best you can and don't lie to me and we're good to go. Like (laughs) that's that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like how you said that you talked to her as if you're talking to your younger self. I think Mm -hmm. that's such a good visual and a good, like just good advice for parents in general. Like yeah that. I know and like people like I don't even like really posting her like, on my social media I'm really really particular about not posting her just just because that's like really nice too yeah like I just I don't like sometimes I'll I'll like post a picture or whatever but I don't I don't I'm I mm-mm. like that's just something that I think if she wants to post herself eventually she will you know mm-hmm. I have plenty of pictures of us together and everything in, in videos but as far as like the outside world is concerned I just you I just think, keep it close to the vest exactly and I and I also let her know that like you know like not everyone should or can or you know have access to yourself like no no one should have you know full-blown access to you to yourself you know and like you know there are some things that should be kept private like yeah that. like it's yeah especially now that they have like the kids they have a phone in their hands all the time and yep. it's so easy to just put anything out there and then they may not realize like okay that's forever you know and I like right. you're, you're right. kind of teaching her these lessons early and I think that's really smart I know I know it's I know it's it seems very contradictory I guess you can say <laughs> but um just for you know for me and what I do and all that stuff but um I just want her to be able to make the choice, you know, with what she does with her social media, with her body. I want her to be able to make the choice. And I also mm-hmm. want her to be well-informed. So that's why I'm always like, if you have any questions, come and talk to me. You yeah. know, like, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. After you worked for this company, uh, tell me, have you left working in makeup artistry? And what, you, what have you done since then? And how do you feel about it now? Um, I, after I left, um, that location I went down just to freelance and I started freelancing um um, still in Orange County but just in different locations and that lasted maybe about a year or so and Mm then I did end up leaving the industry entirely um I went on to become a personal trainer and just worked at a gym you know and then randomly gradually I guess you can say just I randomly switched to operations and became operations specialist. So mm-hmm. I, I really, I left, I, I left the makeup industry. Um, and I, I don't regret it. I'm really thankful for all the lessons that I did learn, you know, and people that I met um, along the way. And just like the conversations I was able to have with people in my chair, um, which in turn, I ended up having conversations like that with my clients that I would train at the gym and stuff like that. So, so I, after, after leaving, like completely leaving the industry, you know, and being out of it for so long, 
um, when I think back on it, I don't have the most um, amazing memories from it. I do feel like it depleted me, uh, maybe because I never started doing it, I guess you can say, with a full tank of gas. I was, oh, I was not healthy, like I stated earlier, you know? So yeah, yeah. I oh. just... I, when I look back, I have a lot of cringy moments. I have a lot of cringy moments, like so much so where like they like wake me up at night sometimes. Really? You know? Yeah, which which oh. you know, honestly just trickles into like you know mental health and you know, and all of that as well. But um, it almost sounds like traumatic, almost. It it like for lack of a better term, totally like it was yeah. to some degree traumatic. But a lot of that, a lot of the traumatizing situations and stuff were situations that I brought on myself from like not being the best person I could be or not being healthy. I have a lot of regret. I have a lot of regret from those days. I, I do. And I'm, I, I'm just thankful I'm not in that place anymore. And I haven't been for a while. And um, I learned yeah. a lot about how resilient people are, especially women. Women are a whole different breed of strong. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> Um, totally yeah Absolutely. like 100 like, seriously and um but yeah looking back I oh, so many cringeworthy moments and you know what though I'm thankful for for that I wouldn't take it back I wouldn't I would you know make some tweaks but I mean for the, I wouldn't have learned the the value of mental health physical health spiritual health if it wasn't for you know work mm-hmm. working for a cosmetic line to be honest with you yeah. yeah. And for the record, like when we did cross paths, like the times that I did see you, I wouldn't have known that you are going through all of these things. Like, and I think that's kind of the one of the angles that I that I want, I guess, customers to see clients who are listening to this podcast. If if there are customers, I want them to know, like. Makeup artists and artists in the beauty industry in general, they're so complex, like they may look perfect and put together and on trend, but like deep down inside, like you could be struggling. Absolutely. 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 Like, yes, I was driving all the way from Orange County to Rancho Cucamonga. Cause at the time I lived in Rancho and I, I, it was so far. It was so far. And I, I remember just crying, like in my car, like going, oh, like, yeah. like driving home because I was tired, you know, and like, and always having to constantly be on, always be on, like, regardless, it took a toll on me. It, it did. It broke that's, me, I guess you can say. And that's just oh, me being man. honest. It did. That's another aspect of it. Like, I think, I mean, we may be pretty similar in that way. Um, I mean, you've always seemed kind of social, but for me, I think I'm technically an extrovert, but I feel more like introverted like tendencies where it's like I do feel drained when I'm interacting with people like eight hours a day. Yes. Same. It's, it's exactly like what you said. You have to be on and it, it is really exhausting. Yeah, it really is. For like the girls, I can do it for, you know, 15 plus years. I'm like, damn, like, good for you. <laughs> like, yeah. good for you. Like, I, I guess, you know, they they can, they can just finesse it, you know, differently yeah. than I, which is awesome. I applaud that. But for me, it was very hard. So, you know, I think we have that in common too, where like we no longer work in the makeup industry and 
Um, I'm curious, what advice do you have for fellow makeup artists out there or um, any beauty professional? Like what advice do you have for them? Just always keep it real. Because if, if you're always if you're always keeping it real, then your your mind won't be that tired. Oh, that's pretty. Like, like just that's, always that's a good one. <laughs> like, like, really, just keep it one hundred all the time, even even when it's uncomfortable. Because I feel in the beauty industry in general, uh-huh. it's there's power in keeping it real and being yourself one hundred percent of the time, regardless. Take there's the power in off. that. Yeah, Take like the it's just off emotionally. Exactly, exactly. I feel like there's so much power in that, and I feel like once we get to a place where the beauty industry is is more about that, you know, about just like having like the human heart and being honest with yourself and keeping it real and embracing yourself, like for who you really, really are. I feel like that's where it's at. Like that's where it's at. You know, and yeah. that's how I feel industry can thrive. But that's just me. What do I know? Seriously. Well, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't discount yourself. You've had a lot of experience in so many different areas. Like, you have great advice. Why not? Girl, Uh, thanks. (laughs) So what advice do you have for clients or what's something you want clients and customers to know that they may not know about either the makeup industry or makeup artists? It's like your makeup artist is legitimately a person. (laughs) <laughs> you know, um, yeah. that goes through shit just like everybody else. They just happen to render a service that you really like and they, they're doing it out of the goodness of their heart. They want to. And mm-hmm. I feel like makeup artists validate their clients so much. And I feel a lot of the times the clients don't really do that for their makeup artist or whatever. And I just like, if, I, I think it will be nice if the customer or the client would know just to really show your makeup artist how much you care about them and how much you appreciate them because like that's like so rare, you know? So I think that's something that um, would be cool if, if like customers and clients knew that. Yeah, that's a really, really good sentiment there. Because I, I, I do remember sometimes like doing someone's makeup and I knew it was so good, but you know, there's times that they're just like, oh, well, you didn't make me look exactly like the picture. So yeah, see, like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, also customers and clients, the makeup artist is not out to make you look bad. No makeup artist is going to spend an hour on your face to send you out looking like a fool. Like, on purpose. Like, no yeah. one's going to do that. <laughs> so just trust them. If you, if you just trust them, they'll invest the time and knowledge into you. Just trust them. Just trust them. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> That's great. That's a good one. Um, and then kind of like my last section that I like to do is I like to do a COVID catch up. So I like to ask my guests, like, what, what have you been doing for yourself to help cope with the pandemic? Like what new thing or what tips or advice do you have that's helped you? Honestly, this COVID experience has been less than thrilling, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> especially with um, a 10 year old, you know, it's, it's so hard to have time carved out for myself. Um, I would say that the only things I can really do after I got over the um, impulse buying online, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. I, went, I went through that stage for sure. <laughs> I went through the impulse buying 
online for sure. Um, um, but honestly, I would say what got me through it was honestly spending time with my daughter and realizing that like, I can, now I can just be, you know, I don't have to rush to work or to take her to school or, you know, to go do X, Y, and Z for all these other people right now. Mm -hmm. I can literally just do me even, even if that's painting or taking a bath or like braiding my hair or, or, you know, doing more things with tarot and all of that, you know, um, brushing up on my astrology, which I'm like obsessed with, you know? So Mm -hmm. I just, I really like, that's what I've been able to, to focus on, I guess you can say during this, this pandemic. So you're really just slowing down and just taking it all in and really focusing on what's in front of you. Yes. Being present, being very present. Yeah. That I've heard that uh, from a few different people too, just not you, but, but in general, like not being present is like a common theme. So I totally feel that for sure. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on that we didn't touch on? Um, oh, um, just mental health awareness. Um, huge, huge, huge advocate of uh, mental health and taking care of yourself and the people see. around you forever check in on people that you love and let them know that you love them please like that is if you don't take away anything else from this whole podcast just please just check in with people that you love literally a little text does wonders for the soul it really does yeah it it really (laughs) does and if you feel in your heart that someone you haven't talked to someone in a while and your heart is just tugging on you like oh there's something there something there just reach out to them you know just follow your intuition just please like mental health is huge just take care of each other because there's no one else that's gonna do it you know we just gotta we just have to we have to yeah yeah i i totally love when somebody just texts me out of nowhere and like an old friend or someone i haven't really talked to in a while um like it's totally it's very very powerful and impactful I think and absolutely it is not to take away from the seriousness of it but like sometimes I'll get a text message and I'll get so excited I'm like oh I got a text for once and I'm acting like I don't have friends but um, I got a text and I'm checking and it's like oh Miguel's Jr. is having like a coupon this week for the next whatever burrito and I'm like oh like, right wasn't for me it was <laughs> just this fast food joint that for whatever reason I signed up for text messages <laughs> right the the text message for coupons or like flash sales at whatever yeah and like they're checking on me so probably more than <laughs> some of my friends but <laughs> girl but yes for real like it. it totally helps when you check on other people and like I think that's I like how you touched on like if you have just like that feeling deep down inside like what made you like what makes you say that like is it experience is it um like something deep down inside that tells you to reach out to someone or um I personally don't believe that when we have those thoughts or feelings that it's a coincidence like I do not believe in coincidences at all like Mm -hmm. I believe that that's like your intuition letting you know it's a trigger if you have that feeling oh i haven't heard from so-and-so or like so-and-so has been posting like some pretty like you know bummy stuff or they just don't seem like themselves or you just have a feeling like Mm -hmm. like that there's something maybe just 
you know, just unsettling in yourself, always just reach out, you know, just to see, cause they might, that person is might be having a shitty day or morning, or maybe just had a shitty past hour. But I mean, I feel if we act on those impulses that come from love, then yeah. I, I think that that's, that's how we grow our intuition. And I feel like that's us being human beings, you know, in this human being experience that we're dealing with. Life is not a show. Life is not a movie. Life is full of experiences, good and bad. And we just have to take it all in stride, you know, and that's something that makeup artistry has definitely taught me because you can, you can beat your face and feel like bomb and all of that stuff, you know, but as soon as you wash your face off at night, are you still going to feel bomb about yourself? Are you still going to be as confident? Are you still going to love yourself the same way you do, like, when you're, like, slayed from head to toe? You know? That's a good point, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. That's just my little lame-ass soapbox. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, don't apologize, and it's not lame. You want to share, like, any of your social media, like, where people can find you? Um... If, if you want, my page is less than desirable, but I mean, my Instagram is I.A.M.A.L.E.X.A.A. So there's my Instagram. So yay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being on and really just sharing your experience from, you know, being on your own in Vegas, working in a strip club to just getting (laughs) your cosmetology license and working as a makeup artist making people feel great about themselves and dropping some knowledge on parenthood and just kind of mental health so yes girl no problem thank you for having me thank you so much for reaching out to me i'm like super proud of all the work you've been putting into this girl i'm really proud Mm -hmm. of you i appreciate it Thank you for listening to Swatch of Horrors podcast. Don't forget to follow the podcast at Swatch of Horrors on Instagram and Twitter. And if you're a beauty professional working in the industry and you have some horror stories that you want to share with me, send me a DM on Instagram or Twitter and I just might read them on the show. Don't forget to rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen to your favorite shows. 